I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. The Apple event where the iPhone 15, USB-C AirPods, and a new Apple Watch is officially being announced is upon us, and we do a bit of speculation to see what the new hotness will look like. We're not so shocked that according to a leak spreadsheet with self-reported salary information, black Google employees earn $20,000 less than their white colleagues. Apple didn't meet the EU DMA gatekeeper status for iMessage, but it's keeping iMessage walled off from other messaging platforms still the right play. And we spotlight Elise Smith and the startup she co-founded Praxis Labs and dive deeper into a discussion about tokenizing black female-led startups for the money they receive. We got all this and more for you in episode 97 of The Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And coming out of Philly, it's your girl, Tech Life Stuff. And out of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, a.k.a. Uh, Mr. Thin Wallets. Uh, I'm expecting a lot of purchases to be made uh, this coming week. Uh, Apple's got some event happening, and I just want to had to look at my wallets, make sure my, my check-in and my savings are set up the right way. My check-in, make sure the money out of savings is moving into the check-in, get that all ready. Cause I, I may be, uh, emptying the clip as far as <laughs> purchases I may be making this week due to the upcoming Apple event. So I had to make sure my, my money's right. So, so how, how many of these John's you going to end up purchasing? Uh, it, it, so it depends. Well, let me not say that I'm lying. It don't depend. Uh, for those who don't know, I guess we could, I guess we could go right into the, to the show because you got the Apple event stuff at the top here. Oh yeah, I moved it up top. Okay, so for those who don't know, uh, Apple has finally announced their September event. Uh, the September event is normally when Apple announces their latest generation iPhone. They announce their next generation Apple Watch, and maybe a slew of other things. Um, all a lot of the stuff is rumor right now. Of course, none of it's official. But I mean, it's a safe bet to say at least new iPhones are going to come out the, the next generation or the the upcoming number name for the iPhone is the iPhone 15. So you can expect at least an iPhone 15, an iPhone 15 plus or pro plus and then an iPhone 15 pro and then an iPhone 15 pro max. In addition to that. The next Apple Watch is up is Apple Watch Series 9. And then if the rumors are true, uh, word on the street is they're going to announce the second generation of the Apple Watch Ultra. That is the the big one, the big one with the action button and the and the compass and the GPS and the, the hikers joint to where, you know, half of the people won't use 
nearly 90% or maybe I still want one of those, but it's just so expensive. Mm-hmm. I cannot justify so, that purchase. Um, it is. Um, but for me personally, and to answer your question, Rob, um, I didn't get the Apple Watch Ultra first generation. Uh, cause again, I thought it was a little too big. I'm not a big watch dude. I don't, I'm not a big wrist dude. I don't have big wrists literally. So I thought the Apple watch ultra, the first generation was kind of big and it had a lot of functionality that I just was flat out gu- not going to use. But looking back at what I did purchase, this is the, for those watching, this is the Apple watch series eight. And I end up buying the stainless steel version. There's an aluminum. And then there's a stainless steel and then there's whatever. I think the they top- had titanium, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I purchased the Apple Watch Series 8 stainless steel. The reason why I do that is because it's scratch resistant and the, the, the uh, case surrounding is stainless steel. So it's less likely to be scratched up, nicked, things of that nature. Well, once I did the ad, once I added it up, the price for the Series 8 and then the band that I purchased, not this one. I purchased another band at the time of purchasing. It was about the same price as the entry level Apple Watch Ultra. So I was like, eh, price <laughs> went ahead on. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. but but and I'm still in the air about this Apple Watch Ultra. The only thing that may tip me over to purchasing it is if they come out with a space gray or a space black or a, a, a whatever Apple calls black. Because normally I get all my, my watch, get my phone, I get it the, the, the black version. And right now, the Apple Watch Ultra, the first generation, came out with that silver color. And I was like, eh, it don't even match anyway. But now, <laughs> word on the street is if they come out with this Apple Watch Ultra 2, which would be about the same as last year, but it come out with like a dark titanium color. I think titanium is what Apple is referring to as black this year. I'm not sure. We'll find out tomorrow. But all that to say, um, you can guarantee that a new watch, a new phone will be announced. A new watch will be announced. So they'll come out with the Series 9 and the Apple Watch Ultra 2. Uh, of course, the big thing that everybody's heard about is will the iPhone 15 come USB-C, which yeah. is what most of the other small electronics, you know, most of the keyboards, mouse headphones, a lot of those small speaker, portable speakers, most of that stuff is already switched over to USB-C. So they're guessing Apple is going to do the same with the phone. But in addition to that, they're also saying word on the street again, nothing official, but they're saying the AirPods, the next generation AirPods will, you'll either, they'll either come with, or you'll have the option to upgrade your current AirPods to a USB-C case. Because right now, the little case is lightning. It's still lightning, yeah. yeah. Right. So they're saying um, rumors are that the latest generation. Uh, upgrade to USB-C? Well, so it's going to cost more money well, to buy a USB-C case? Oh, yeah. You got to buy that case. Allegedly, uh, USB-C is faster charging and faster data transfer speeds. So technically, you could say going from Lightning to USB-C is a upgrade when you put in those features. But yeah, Apple going to get paid regardless. <laughs> no, this is Apple, Apple being Apple. Yeah, Apple is going to make they're going to make their dollar no matter mm-hmm. what. They're going to make their dollar no matter what. So it's like, OK, we got it. We got to do this. 
can we, you know, let, let's see this. Can we actually get folks who already have these AirPods and they're charging them just fine with lightning? Can we get them to actually say, Ooh, there's a new case that does exactly what my old case does, except for instead of doing it with lightning, it does it with USB. And that is the reason that they should upgrade. That's that bullshit. Well, uh, who's got two thumbs and is one of those guys? <laughs> this guy, right? <laughs> well, I don't know. So here's the here's the here's the conundrum, right? Um, I never plug my AirPods up. I always have a MagSafe or a, mm-hmm. a wireless charging pad that they sit on at my nightstand and at my desk when I'm at work. It's I really true. don't never plug them up. So if you wanted to make that argument, you could talk to myself like we in third person, Terrence. You really don't charge up the uh, AirPods right now. So why do you need to pay for the case when you're never going to charge it up? Yeah, it's very good. It's a very good argument, Terrence. <laughs> when Friday comes, I'll probably still end up <laughs> upgrading <laughs> the case. So, so, here's, so here's the thing. Both of you, you, you have said need. Steph, you said justify. Y'all don't need or justify anything it's like, because you want them. <laughs> like, I, I'm thinking, though, you know, the the Ultra Series 1 may go on sale. Oh, so yeah, this absolutely. could be a good mm. opportunity to pick that up. However, I would not want that in silver. And you're telling me silver is the only option for the Series 1. For the series one, it was only one. There it was, was only no so, so then I probably no wouldn't get that because I mean, the, I, I I have like a like a SE in you know the series seven. Whenever whenever mm-hmm. I think this, I think it was when the sevens were out. I got the S, the cheap mm-hmm. one, basically. So I have like a SE. It might have been the eights, but it, it was probably the sevens. But mm-hmm. regardless, it was the SE, so it was the little cheap one. Um, so I I could see myself upgrading my watch this go round. Um, and if I'm going to do it, then I would want to, you know, do it way big, so to speak, uh, and get an ultra. But I doubt that I would want to pay that much money, even for a previous version and get a silver one. Um, right. I would definitely want, you know, something in a, you know, I have a rose gold, the SD that I have right now is in the, in the rose gold, which I would want to keep something like that. Or, you know, I could see, you know, like you said, the dark titanium, or, you know, a stainless steel or something like that. Um, so I probably wouldn't get that. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not really ready for a phone yet. I only get every other phone. Um, and I have the 14, so I, I probably won't be getting this, this phone, this go round. Um, so I probably won't be getting anything. I'm, I'm still, I'm, I actually am. And I don't know if I talked about it. Uh, with y'all, but I am getting a, a MacBook Air. I actually am finally okay. getting a, a 15 inch. I'm getting that midnight blue, John. Um, I already got it all picked out, specs and everything. I'm, I'm, I'm upgrading because I just, I have had such, so many problems editing on this PC that I'm on right now doing this podcast, talking to y'all. Um, just, you know, uh, it has been a trash experience uh editing on this PC recently, like just in the last three or four months. And, you know, I've, I've lost work and 
and mm. it has just made mm. my life a living hell uh editing video on this on this pc you know recently and i, I can't i can't do it anymore I, it, it it's costing me money now in in the in the loss of productivity that i've had between this pc um this desktop and and my laptop i know my laptop's trash i'm not even i wouldn't even like move to the laptop to do the work on the laptop because i know the laptop's trash so i'm i'm not even going there um so i am going to invest in a in a macbook air like within the next 30 days um oh, just okay. when i'm going on yeah i'm going on travel um i was going to do it two weeks ago, but I just got busy and I'm like, I'm going on travel actually tomorrow. I'm on a plane tomorrow. So I'm like, let me just use this laptop now, do what I need to do on travel. But when I get back, like I'm headed to the Apple sport store, like literally as soon as I get back, um, because I, I just can't keep losing productivity like I'm doing. Um, so I'm doing that, but as far as everything coming out tomorrow in the, in the announcement, I don't, I don't know that there's anything coming out tomorrow that, that I have to have to have. Um, okay. Word of advice for, for your air, uh, MacBook Air, word of advice. Spend as much money as you can to get as much. Oh, I am. I, I want, I want like the, I'm getting two terabytes. I'm getting like the, you know, 256, uh, you know, RAM. RAM. Like I'm, I'm getting everything. I'm getting everything I can. Yeah. Um, and then, then the second, oh, the second, uh, advice. Um, I just purchased a MacBook Air for my wife, maybe less than a month ago, and I bought a refurbished one. Mm-hmm. And it had it doesn't have two terabytes. It had five hundred and twelve gigs for her. I eight don't like gigs of RAM. carrying external storage. Well, so um, the reason why I'm, the reason why I'm saying it's not because of storage. Yeah, the reason why I'm saying is because you can probably go back. I don't know how you, you just hear me out here. Okay. You could probably get a deal on an M1 MacBook Air, which is what I got my wife. And okay. I only paid like 850 bucks for it. So it was 2020 when it came out. It's the M1. So it's a generation as far as the silicon, because right now they're M2 MacBook Airs. And I'm pretty sure this time next year, we'll be talking about M3s, if All not right. sooner. Right. But if you don't mind, you may be able to save you a nice chunk of change if you go find a M1 MacBook Air. Now that's going to take a little bit more work. You know, you got to do a bit more research. You got to cross your fingers. I, I'm such a snob about oh, refurbished okay. though. Mm-hmm. Well, me too. I, that's why I, I get my I, stuff new. Like, I get my kids uh, and my wife. They get the it, old joints. For stuff like that. <laughs> like, like some stuff I, you know, I can, I can drive a used car. I can't do a refurbished computer i just i just can't do it i I can't i i I need to peel that plastic i need to i need to crack open and you know like all all of that i I, yeah i I it's definitely an experience and i know stephanie is gonna have content coming from the unboxing of her new laptop you know what i'm saying like i'm like i can't yeah so it's it's for work it's for working for the people a phone like like tech it, it it's very very rare i'm gonna do refurbished electronics like that's one of the things i i can shop thrift stores for clothes like all of that but refurbished electronics i'm I'm a snob when it comes to that. i'm sorry not sorry uh, <laughs> I, I ain't doing it i ain't doing it so your old pc laptop it was getting long in the tooth anyway wasn't it because i think i think yours is like- no 
it it's it's lit. It, well, I I take that back. It but it was it was bad right out the gate. Something I think I just got a lemon. I yeah. I, I I'm a I'm a I'm a refrain from saying the brand just because I don't need nobody coming at me with a lawsuit. But it was it was I was having problems with it literally from from jump when I bought it. There was something going on with it overheating. I mm. literally had the guy come out and replace the fan. I sent it back and had they they I sent it back. They replaced the fan. I had a guy come out like it just it was I, I was just having problems with it literally from the time I bought it. Um, and and, you know, they they did everything they could short of replacing it uh, because they just didn't want to replace it. And once once I sent it back and they sent it back to me, it's been OK, but it's like a car that's been in an accident. You know, it's not you know, it's not the same, but it's it's to their standards, it's okay. So they won't give me a new one. So I'm like, eh, you know what I mean? It's I, but I know it's, it's been damaged. So I'm kind of like, I don't, I don't even want to deal with it anymore, but I know I can't get rid of it because they won't give me a new one. So I'm just like, I'm getting a MacBook air and that's pretty much the, the end of it. You, you'll be, um, I think you'll enjoy it uh, real fast. What uh, editing software do you use? Uh, Premier Pro. Okay, yeah. So you can use that on the Mac as well. So, all right. Yeah. Well, you have to definitely come back and. Give I it am. Your... I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I'm just like I. I just looking forward to just not having the headache anymore because mm-hmm. I. I was. Do, I was doing work for this trip that I'm going on tomorrow, and shit was crashing, and I'm just like I just don't have time for it. Like yeah, it just. You... I, no, uh, it, I, I can't do it anymore. I just cannot. That, do that's it. bad enough when it's just the PC you got at the house, but it's when you're using it for work. Yeah, that's costing you money because it's costing it you time. You got to go do stuff twice. So no, it so we get it. We get it. And I can't I, do it anymore. I, I did want to throw this out there. There was some Apple news that came out. iOS 16.6.1 came out last week. And even though there's a new phone, there's going to be a new operating system coming out. If you've got 16.6, you need to upgrade to this because there were two zero day exploits that not only were they zero day, they were also zero click. So literally somebody could send you a message. And if you just get the message on your iPhone with 16.6, you could be subject to getting some spyware on there where they can do some pretty nasty stuff. So you definitely want to go and update your phone to Ant to Android, to iOS 16.6.1. It's a pretty important update that Apple put out last week, even though there's new stuff coming out. You don't want to wait on that one if you haven't already done it. Yeah, it seems like most Apple um, updates in the past two or three months have been, go do these right now, go do these right now. Uh, again, I don't know if we talked about this on this show, but um, my other podcast, we talked pretty intensive with Apple and one of the features that Apple announced almost maybe two years ago, uh, knocking on two years ago, is their rapid security response updates. And what those rapid security response updates are supposed to do is any updates, security critical, you know, execu- um, actively exploited you know, updates, Apple would automatically push those updates to devices without us having to manually go check for updates, without us having to manually update the uh, iOS. They would just put out these patches, rapid security patches. 
ever since then, I think they've only used it like one time. But now they are back to, well, I don't want to say back to, but it seems like they're really not using that feature. It seems like they are continually, continuing rather, to update the iOS versioning like 16.6.1 instead of it being whatever the current version is. And then they push out a rapid security response and they tell you same way they tell you, you know, with the regular OS update, it does this, it does that. And a third, but this rapid security response is supposed to be quicker and it's supposed to be automatically pushed. And then they just tell you, Hey, we had to update whatever, because it was causing issues with that. But for whatever reason, since they rolled it out, they really don't use it that much. And I'm curious as to why uh, Apple doesn't use that. Is it because um, at the, my, my guess, my only guess is at the same time they're pushing out a security exploited update, they're also releasing or fixing or updating a feature. So when they fix an, a feature, then they, and they also in, are patching a security exploit they just roll that into the one general iOS update versus having a set a separate um, rapid security response. That's the only thing I can think of, but all that to say for the past couple of months, Apple has been, Hey, you got to do this. And I'm like, don't y'all got a feature that already does that to where you don't have to tell me to go or beg me to go update. Right. It just automatically yeah. patches it. But I guess it's, it. it's yeah. I'm going to just go out on the limb and guess that Apple will get less heat by letting you know that, hey, here is a security update. You need to go install this right now, right fast. Go do it right now. They take less heat from doing that and knowing that there are going to be people who just aren't going to do it and they have to keep reminding them, then you automatically updated somebody's phone for them. I think I think they take more heat from the latter. So unless it is something that is so critical that is going to ultimately okay, the the heat from not doing this is going to be less than the heat that we will we'll get from doing it. You know, I think that they actually weigh those decisions and that's probably why you haven't seen it because to automatically update somebody's stuff, that's that that is that that is that is that is that is a big step. Because Terrence, I I believe and you correct me if I'm wrong on this, they weren't asking you if you wanted to update it was they could push an update out and your stuff is just now updated. Right. Exactly but right? I, I think I used update and maybe I should have used the word patch. Maybe that's okay. a little bit different than an update. You know, I, my assumption was these rapid security response patches were different than a upgrade or an update mm-hmm. when a new feature, they've added some feature, they've taken a feature away, whatever the case may be. I, I assumed that it was a difference. Therefore they could get away with just patching your phone when it's just a patch. It ain't really an update or an Mm -hmm. upgrade. That's my guess. I'm only guessing. (laughs) There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. Plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, 
fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So, guys, I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to get your take on this, and I, I want to find out, are either of you surprised that it, it, it looks like, according to this leaked Google spreadsheet, that black employees at Google earn on average $20,000 less than their white colleagues? Shocker. Are you shocked? Are you surprised? Or are you more like, is that all? <laughs> is, is that it? Is, yeah, is, is that actually that low? I'm surprised it's yeah. that less, that little, honestly. Jeez. I'm um, mad that, covers, that the woman who responded no. is gaslighting us like we don't know what it is, basically. And That's not only that, it, it's not just, you know, the person that takes out the trash or the cafeteria people or the, you know, plumbers or anything at work at Google. These are the software engineers, the business analysts, salespeople, and legal counsel roles. So these are not just random people that, you know, just happen to work at Google. These are the people at Google's like, all right, these is our cream of the crop. These are our shining mm-hmm. stars. These are people that make all the magic happen at Google. And apparently not all magic is compensated equally, I guess. <laughs> Like I said, none of us are shocked by it, but I, I would say Google, your, your response to this, as you were saying, Stephanie, is, is kind of trash because they're, they're both like saying it. that we don't know what you're talking about. And also, if we're talking about what you think you're talking about, well, we were right in the reasons why we actually do, you know, why we do this. And they, they wanted to say things like, oh, well, we have to make distinctions between where people live because you could have some developers that live in San Francisco and you could have other d- developers that live someplace like, 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 like Atlanta. And my question is, but what about the white folks in Atlanta that make more? And what about the black folks in San Francisco to make less? Oh, well, these are unofficial numbers. Th- th- this is self-reporting. We, we're not even sure these are old. These are old numbers. Like last year, wasn't just nine months ago. <laughs> and then, you know what I'm saying? so then they say the response was another response was we run a rigorous, 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 rigorous pay equity analysis every year to make sure salaries, bonuses, and equity awards are fair. We <laughs> run a equity analysis, not we've contracted a third party uh, group to, to audit, uh, to make sure that to, it's to, fair. To, yeah. To confirm mm-hmm. that we uh, are uh, pay and equity is fair. So, okay. Right. Right. Okay. That's me saying, Oh yeah, sure. And sure, sure. Differences were, were, were significant. You know, it's, it's some, it's especially the differences in equity. So, you know, $20,000, uh, when you look at that over the course of a year might not make that much difference. You know, when you, when you, when you kind of average that out, you take taxes out, all the rest of that stuff. Um, but when you look at like equity, so, um, you know, black software engineers totaled uh, 151,500, 70,000 equity and, and bonuses. So like there was, you know, 70,000 versus, 
99,000 in equity, you know, 27,000 versus 31,000 in, in bonuses. Like that's a big difference. That, these are like quality of life differences. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you, when you start looking at the, the, the differences in, in salary and it's just like, you're, 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 you're changing people's lives or, or, or preventing somebody from having a, a different quality of life by how Based you're on their experience here. You know what I mean? You're yeah. These, these people are having different life experiences because they're not making the same amount of money that, that somebody else might be making at, at the company for doing the same work for sitting in, in across the same cubicle, you know, as, as, as somebody else make doing the same exact work, but having a completely different quality of life as, as that person because they're making so much less money. And it's just like, that's, that's just crazy. Like, how do you justify that? Like, honestly, like, how could you possibly justify that? Because it's still going on, you know, forget what they lying about and how they trying to, you know, say it was outdated, whatever, whatever. There are companies that are still doing this. And I would really just love to, to hear what these people could possibly say that would justify it. Cause they'll, they'll try to say, well, this, this person went to this school and they'll use this schools that they went to. And the, the, the part, the fact that this person graduated from Stanford, I'm like, but, but they're still doing the same work at this point. Mm-hmm. We're sitting in the same office in the same cubicle doing the same exact work. We got hired to do the same job at the same level. We came in at the same time. Everything's the same. So how are you justifying paying these people different amounts of money. It just, I just, I just, you will never be able to make that make sense to me. You just won't. There's, there's really two camps, three, I guess, if you, if you really, you know, look at them, there's, there's really just two big camps of how companies pay people. Companies pay people fairly or companies pay people what they can get away with paying people. And unfortunately, most companies are in this, you know, are, are, are you know, and I, I'm saying most, I'm not saying all because we, there are some companies out there that are really trying to rectify these, these type of situations, not just, uh, you know, across color lines, but across gender lines and all that kind of stuff. But really when it comes down to it is that someone makes more money if they ultimately make, you know, pay out less in, in salary. Somebody gets a bonus on that. So th- right. that's, 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 that, that's where it starts initially. Right. And then you get into, oh, well, this person went to NCAT as compared to this person who went to Stanford. So, well, yes, yeah, Stanford, that's, you know, that's in Silicon Valley. That's right there in Mountain View, California. You know, we know what it costs to go to school there. Let's, uh, let, let's make sure we get those people taken care of that. Or I went to school to Stanford. So I know what, you know, those student loans are going to look like for the person who went to Stanford. Let, you know, that, that recruiting person, well, we probably need to give this person a little bit more because they got those student loans. We don't know. If those things go into it, but it's conceivable that they do. The problem is that when you start to look at it across race, how come it never is the case where, man, look at all these black folks is making way more money than their white counterparts. You <laughs> never, I, I don't want to yeah, never is a long time, but I have not in my time on this planet heard of a story that came out or a study that came out and says, you know what? These African-Americans at this big giant company that's one of the biggest companies on earth, as far as the amount of money that it makes, is paying them so much more than it is paying everyone else. We just don't hear those stories. I will imagine say how, what Imagine the big, how big the story would be right. if 
<laughs> come to find you out. Saw a company big, that every all the black folks were getting paid. I will well, say this huge though, company. <laughs> is it because we don't ask for more money? Ah, that's true. a whole different conversation. Is it because so that, we don't go in negotiating and we because we just we just so happy, happy to get to the there. job. Because because I will say. I didn't. My first job out of college, I didn't. I didn't negotiate that salary. I was so happy to see that number on that offer letter because that was more money than I had ever made in my life. And I was like, "Holy shit! I'm making more money than my parents ever made." Like, honestly, mm-hmm. it was it was insane to me that a company would be paying me this much money right out of school. Um, it didn't even occur to me that I might be able to say, "Well, you know what?" I let me add five thousand dollars to this. So let me see if I can ask for five thousand more dollars and, mm-hmm. and, and get it. You know what I'm saying? Some more PTO to, to, or something, <laughs> right? Or but but a, a white male graduating probably did look at that offer letter and was like, eh, "This is low." You know what I mean? And 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 maybe asked for five thousand more dollars or ten thousand more dollars. And so over the course of a career, when you start higher, your salary is going to continue to track higher. You know what I mean? And, and by the time you get to year 10, it, it may have, it may be exponentially higher. So I'm not justifying what Google has done because they still need to, you know, maybe try to figure out how to get some parity in there some kind of way. And be, if you see a trend, you need to fix the trend regardless. You see all your black people ain't making no money, like fix that shit, period. But I think we as, African-Americans in the workplace um, probably need some guidance and some coaching coming out of school on how to negotiate and how to ask for mm-hmm. what we deserve and what we're worth and not be so pressed to just have a job and be so excited to just, like I said, I, I put myself in that category. I did not negotiate at all. I was hype. And, and we were all, high. I remember the conversations we had coming out of engineering school and just, you know, we compared amongst each other, like who got the higher offers and, oh, who would you get? What'd you get? And, but none of us talked about negotiating. Oh, you should, mm-hmm. we, we didn't get together and say, we should all go back to those people and ask, we, none of us should come out of here with less than 50. You know what I mean? And in the back of the day, that was, a, if you had gotten 50, you were rich, was, rich, yeah. rich. Um, none of us got that, but we should, you know, none of us said, none of us should leave here with less than 50. We, none of us should accept less. Like, and had we all banded together and decided that that's what we would accept, we could have been paid. You know what I'm saying? Even though we were, we had phenomenal offers, you know? So like, maybe that's the thing that, that that's the conversation we need to be having right now. And instead of slamming Google for not paying, you know, for, for, for their black employees making 20 K less, maybe we need to be having a conversation. Like we need to get on these college campuses right now and let these students know, like these white kids are, are in, or in classes learning how to negotiate right now. So that's mm-hmm. what y'all need to be doing. So when y'all so, get to y'all career centers and when y'all get to these interviews at the end of y'all senior years, y'all need to know how to go into these interviews and ask for more money and ask for what you deserve. And y'all need to learn how to research what starting salaries are and what they can be and what they should be and ask for more money. So when y'all get there, y'all not saying, well, damn, how, how did Brad get 
60 and I'm only making 40. You know what I mean? Cause, cause I'm, I, I'm, I'm positive that's at least a part of this conversation. Oh, it's definitely a part of it. And, and I don't want to say that this is even a cultural thing with African Americans. I want to say that this is probably a class thing of where, you know, folks that probably came from the, you know, from lower middle class and down type incomes at home. Absolutely. We don't talk about a money. thing as well. Cause yeah, women don't yeah, we, do it. Women we just don't, don't really talk do about money. Yeah. And it's almost one of these things to where that completely benefits the organizations that you work for when you have employees that want, you know, it, 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 it still is, you know, folks think it is taboo to talk with your coworkers about what you make. Oh, they don't need to, that ain't none of their business. They don't need to know, you know, what I'm making. It ain't none of my business. I don't need to know what they're making. But when you, and, and companies kind of, reinforce that they don't want their employees talking to each other about what they make because when the employees talk to each other about what they make then things like this come out it's like hey wait a minute you and i have the same job you and i've been working here for the same amount of time you have gotten way more raises than i've gotten and you started off making way more than i started off making right why is that because well, you never have those conversations. Because once again, that doesn't benefit you to not talk about it. It benefits the company for you not to talk about it because you're now working in in ignorance of not knowing what your peers make. Right. And so you were right, given so these ranges, not realizing. Um, she she put that in her comments. She's she's she said in her in her own jobs, she's asked for more money, and because she started low, her salary history was a problem. Because she started low, they, they're not gonna jump her up exponentially to meet those other people that started off higher. So that, that's an issue. If you start low, you stay low and they not going to be like, Oh, well, we got to make you make sure you get up here with everybody else. And, and that's a problem. So we got to, so we got to do the work to start high and stay high. Yeah. And, and I will say, like I said, it's not all companies that do this. I have personally worked for a company. In fact, I worked for a company that got acquired. The company that got acquired was a very, very, very big company. But one of the things they did was they did a salary review of everyone. And there were a lot of folks that there's a lot of reasons why you can say that this company did this. But a lot of people got immediate raises when this company purchased everyone because they wanted everyone to be on the same playing field. If you've been here seven years and you do this job description, you need to be at this portion of the range. If you are really outside of the median in the range, then we need to address it. So there were quite a few folks who ended up getting, I would say, some fairly substantial out of band raises just because the company that did the acquiring was saying, no, nah, we're not going to have this. You know, we've been doing work for years to try to make sure that we actually are one of those companies that is progressive on, on compensation and making sure that we aren't paying women significantly less than we're paying men, that we aren't paying African-Americans significantly less than we're paying their Asian and white counterparts. We want to try to, you know, be good with that. So we can't acquire you company and not do this. These are some of the things that need to happen. They got to get people where they need to be. But yeah, that's exactly. that's definitely a conversation that needs to be had on campuses and, you know, especially black campuses, because because we didn't have that conversation. Like I said, and we was all engineers and we just was, like I said, so happy to just have a job that we didn't even think. Uh, like I, I don't know. Maybe some of my friends went and and went back and renegotiated, but I know I didn't, and I know a bunch of my friends didn't, and we probably beat ourselves out of you know five or ten k extra um, right out the gate. So yeah, yeah, go get that money, y'all. Absolutely. 
So y'all, we, we, we don't talk about stuff that is happening in the European union all that much, but this, what, you know, what happened, what's been happening with the DMA and I'll explain what that is in a moment. And, you know, the companies that are now under the digital markets act in the European union, these things make, you know, they, they make a big deal and it could end up affecting companies here in the United States. So let me just read this setup here. The European Commission recently officially confirmed the companies that fall under the European Union's Digital Markets Act. It's a DMA as gatekeeper. So a gatekeeper is basically a really big company. You think of the Googles, the Microsofts, the the Apples of the world, these big giant companies that sell a lot of stuff to a lot of people. So the DMA aims to keep large companies from imposing unfair conditions on businesses and end users and ensuring the openness of important digital services. Meta was deemed to be a gatekeeper and two of its messaging platforms, both WhatsApp Messenger and Facebook Messenger, now fall under the purview of the DMA and will have restrictions placed upon them, including having to make themselves interoperable with other messaging systems. So basically what that means is that if you're using something like Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp Messenger, they now have to make those interoperable with other platforms. So let's say that they, someone is using Telegram or someone is using Signal and Signal says, well, we would like, you know, for our users to be able to talk with folks who are using WhatsApp because Meta is now a gatekeeper company and, and both Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp Messenger fall under this restricted category of gatekeeper application. They have to make this interoperable. What was very interesting is that Apple actively fought and argued to keep iMessage from popping up on that list. And depending on, you know, where you stand, they, they may have been right for arguing it. Um, they, they basically are not on this gatekeepers list as far as iMessage is concerned. Uh, it's going to be reevaluated. They're going to look at this over the next five months to determine whether or not they should be. But because iMessage is not on this gatekeeper list, iMessage will be able to continue at least for the, for the current time. They will be able to continue running as a complete siloed wall garden, not having to interoperate with anyone else. So I wanted to get you guys' take on this because uh, one of us, I'm not going to say who, but it's the one that is sitting in the middle, <laughs> is what I consider to be a green bubble bully. I'm not a bully. <laughs> <laughs> you just talk about folks who get who make your text messaging uh, jacked up. But here's my question. If Apple ends up being a company that they don't have to adhere to these new rules because they aren't actually a gatekeeper, for those who don't know, iMessage completely dominates in North America. It, it, it is the messaging platform here for iPhone users. But most iPhone users around the world don't use iMessage just because there are so many Android users that they have to interoperate with. WhatsApp is the biggest platform by far. And then um, Facebook Messenger is, is, is number two. iMessage is a distant third to those two. I was going to say, I think there's a difference between interoperate and interact, right? I think that may be the difference, in my opinion, that's keeping it, that's stopping, not stopping. That's allowing Apple to stay outside of this DMA gate as gatekeepers. Because, you know, flat out, me, you, me, Stephanie and Rob, we can all interact via SMS. But as far as interoperating, is Apple stopping anybody from using anything else like a WhatsApp, like a Telegram, like a Signal? And define interoperability. If I can text you a message and you can see it and respond back, is that interoperability or is there more to it? There's more to it. What 
what the DMA is stating is that if you send someone, let's say WhatsApp Messenger, you should be able to send a message from someone on WhatsApp Messenger to someone on iMessage and that actually be able to work. Right now, that is impossible. You cannot send a message from WhatsApp Messenger to someone on iMessage. Apple is completely cool with that. You also cannot send a message from WhatsApp Messenger to somebody on Signal. Signal is not so cool with that. They both have their own proprietary systems, but Signal is way smaller than than WhatsApp. So literally what ends up happening is that you will have people say, well, hey, you know, most of most of our group is over here on this other platform. You need to install WhatsApp Messenger so you can interoperate with us. Or if you have a lot of people who are using Telegram, you know, in, in Telegram is it doesn't doesn't work with WhatsApp Messenger. WhatsApp Messenger says, oh, you need to have people install WhatsApp because that's where most of us are. Because WhatsApp is so big, they have to now interoperate with other folks. So what is happening, there is a beta that is out for WhatsApp Messenger currently that they actually have indicators and markers in the beta of, you know, to where they're going to actually allow third party interoperability between their platform and other stuff that isn't there yet is is functionality that's going to come, but they have until I believe August of next year, August of 2024 to actually get this stuff done. So my question is, if you now have the WhatsApps of the world to start in, you know, interoperating with other platforms, you have the Facebook messengers of the world to interoperate with other platforms. Google is not big enough. They're like iMessage. They're not big enough yet to where they actually fall under this from a, from a Google messages standpoint, but they are already willing to interoperate with anybody who will because they are actually, you know, the one company that is using a standard that everyone should ultimately be able to adopt. So they want to see it. My question, once again, is will Apple, will, will their siloed or will their walled garden stance, will that actually continue to benefit them or will it actually make it worse? Will people start to say like they've already done in, you know, in Europe and other places around the world? It's like, well, I can't really use iMessage because no one on no one on Android can use it. So we need to use something else. Does that actually get worse for them if they now if all these other platforms work and they don't? Will people, you know, actually even start to use them less than they already are? Once again, here. It dominates, but everywhere else, it really doesn't. See, I never looked at um, iMessage as, I mean, it's, it's obviously it's a messaging platform, but it it's a, I looked at it more as a function of the operating system um, as opposed to a standalone piece of software. You know, I look at, I look at WhatsApp and Telegram as standalone pieces of software that function as messaging platforms. And I kind of look at iMessage as a part of the operating, the system. operating system that works with Apple's hardware, mm-hmm. um, that follows an SMS standard, uh, that goes along with you know, smartphone functionality. Um, and, and, and those, I think, I just think there's a distinction there. Um, that because, because you can use, I, I think Apple will, I think Apple will be able to continue to use that as sort of a loophole, um, distinction that, that gets them, that absolves them of gatekeeper status. Um, be, I, I think there's enough of, of a distinction there that is going to absolve them of gatekeeper status. Right. And I see where Rob is going with this, right? Um, since WhatsApp and Signal and Telegram and some of these other ones that are, uh, well, Facebook got caught under it. And so then now they need to adjust WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger to comply 
But I think what you're getting at, Rob, is if everything else other than iMessage is interoperable, will that hurt Apple? Because everybody is eventually going to have to decide, do I use WhatsApp and all these other things as my primary, my main mode of uh, messaging? And if more people are doing that, even the people who were previously hell bent on iMessage, if they start to move over to WhatsApp, does that cause problems for Apple to where they need to figure out how to either keep people on iMessage or open up iMessage to, you know, as a third party app, like you mentioned, uh, Stephanie, the similar to Telegram and WhatsApp and things of that nature. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know the answer to that question. I will say Apple's probably got a long time before they have to think about that. Yeah, they, they do. <laughs> no, they, they get have, they have, they have potentially time. five months, potentially five months, because what the European Commission has decided to do is they are reevaluating iMessage. Another one they're reevaluating is Bing. So Bing, th- th- this is what happened. Bing, Microsoft and Apple both argued. And this is what they said in, in their argument that neither Bing nor, well, they did this separately and independently of each other. But Apple said that iMessage isn't big enough or important enough for it to actually fall under this regulation because most people don't use, most iPhone users don't use iMessage, which is, most which is absolutely true. They, they have the ability iMessage. to, but they don't because they are really ingrained in using Telegram, really ingrained, really, really ingrained in using WhatsApp Messenger, really ingrained in using Facebook Messenger. So that's a true statement. Bing, on the other hand, no, Microsoft say, well, no, nobody really uses Bing, even though we include it as part of the operating system and it comes and we try to change the default to it every single opportunity that we have. Nobody is actually doing that. Therefore, we're not important enough or big enough to, to receive gatekeeper status. What the European Commission decided to do, you know what? We're going to go look at that and then we will come up with a decision within five months. Um, still giving those two companies enough time to adjust if they need to, to meet that August uh, deadline next year when, when these uh, things go into effect. So like I said, what, when I really started thinking about this is like, Hmm, it's like right now, because you have to go and install WhatsApp messenger, or you've got to go install Facebook messenger, or you have to go and install signal, or you have to go and install telegram. You've got to do all of these different platforms, depending on where your people are that actually is a reason to use iMessage because if you just buy an iPhone, it just simply works. But the question becomes, if everybody now is interoperating with each other, is that advantage still, is it still there? Because now you are, you know, you already kind of are forcing people to use iMessage, but you really are forcing them to use something else that can talk with other platforms and you can see iMessage usage go down. Maybe not here, but go down everywhere else. So I'm just kind of wondering how will Apple play that? Because my, I would have to guess that Apple wants to dominate with iMessage everywhere, not just here in the United States. I mean, there's billions of people who are using iPhones, not so much when it comes to iMessage. I, I believe there's just over a billion active users, like monthly active users of iMessage. When you start to look at Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp Messenger, they more than double it. So that that is something that I think Apple has to be thinking. At least I would think that they're thinking about it. And I just wonder how they're going to play this. Do they want to get this? Or they probably definitely do not want to fall under the gatekeeper status. Well, they want, but they will want you see to them actually still? Yeah. 
But I don't think this that I don't think this helps them though. Like like forcing them to become more interoperable helps them necessarily. Um, if if there weren't that many people using iMessage now, making more options available to those people won't make i i don't i don't think more people use iMessage if it becomes more interoperable i think more people use what they've already been using um and 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 the and whatsapp and 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 facebook messenger just become more popular i don't i don't think iMessage i don't think more people use iMessage because iMessage becomes more available honestly and more in our, if that makes, if that makes any sense. No, that like, absolutely makes yeah, sense. I don't, I don't That's why I was asking the question. Use it more. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I, so I don't know that they have the incentive to, to go down that road necessarily. Um, because, you know, these people say so. So I, I think Apple fights to, to not, uh, get that gatekeeper status. And, and, and I think they'll probably get it or, or probably won't get that de- designation. I don't. I don't see it happening. At least not anytime soon. What do you think, Terrence? No, um, and I don't even think Apple. They could say, "All right, iMessage is free for iPhone users." You know, if you want to download the iMessage app to be for Android or for whatever case may be, pay five dollars. You know, I don't even think Apple is going to do that. You know, of course, as a company, they're all worried about the bottom line and that three dollars per user could, you know, run up the, you know, profits even more. But again, I think Apple come hell or high water is going to argue, like Stephanie mentioned, that we're not important enough for y'all to be bothering us with this gatekeeper thing because everybody else is already using what everybody else is already going to use, especially everywhere else other than America because iMessage is big here, but any place else, you know, anytime you step off of, you know, the mainland and the you, Alaska and Hawaii, and maybe even Alaska and Hawaii, you automatically got to switch to WhatsApp automatically. So, you know, Apple, I think is going to stay hold to that. You know, we ain't that important. They ain't doing it. Uh, <laughs> they ain't doing it. Apple, they're not, they're not going down without a fight. I'll put it that way. They're not. Yeah. They're not no. Oh, they definitely are. Like so they, they, they fought tooth and nail. They, they definitely argued to keep themselves out out of this uh, classification of gatekeeper, and it, it at least initially worked. So, I, but like I said, I'm just thinking out the long game, just wondering how this is ultimately going to play out for. Them. So, y'all, I'm looking at the clock. We are getting close to the top of the hour, and we have a spotlight this week. And this spotlight's a little different than what we normally do. So, I want to go ahead and uh, pull it up before I. Before I read it, let me bring this up on stage here. And we're going to be talking about Elise Smith. So let me pull my notes up here. So this week's spotlight is a little different than the ones we usually do, where we grab a figure from history that has done great things in technology or computing. This week, we're going to talk about someone who's currently doing the work and the company they're doing it at. We're showcasing Elise Smith, who co-founded Practice Labs, a DEI learning platform in 2019. At 
18 million or 18.7 million dollars in venture capital to date. Smith may be the most funded black or Latina woman of over 750 tracked, according to Digital Undivided Project Diane, a biannual report on funding for Latina and black entrepreneurs in technology. We mentioned the amount of funding Praxis has received because it is notable, but we do not want to tokenize this coverage because the company is doing some pretty impressive work with virtual reality used for justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion training and stands out in its own light, hence the level of funding that it has received. In a 2022 press release, Smith said our society is more segregated than ever and the workplace is most often the diverse, the most diverse space that we enter, where we encounter differences of backgrounds and perspectives. We want to help employees better work across those differences to advance inclusion and belonging in their teams through policies, practices, products, and services that produce equitable outcomes. We should also note that Praxis's other co-founder, Heather Shin, is also a woman of color. And we should also note some of the companies that Praxis is working with, companies like eBay, Amazon, Google, Target, Etsy, ServiceNow, and Uber. Once again, this week's spotlight is on Elise Smith and Praxis Labs. We will definitely keep an eye on her and her company in the future. So, Stephanie, I was with you. This is one that we probably should talk about because there is an issue uh, of, of black women in particular not getting venture back. It is, you know, right. when we say that she's the most is, is 18.7 million, almost 19 million dollars. That is laughable when you think about the amount of money that some of these founders get. But she is at the top of the list. But one of the things that we have to be careful with is that, you know, founders like herself, they don't want to be tokenized to where the only reason you're talking about their company is because she's a black woman and they got money when that doesn't normally happen. The technology that her company has is quite impressive, which is why she's venture backed in the first place. And we need to actually lean in and talk about the reasons why you should be backing these companies that compared to who is ultimately at the helm of them. Okay, I get that. But, <laughs> and this may sound, you know, counterintuitive coming from me. Um, I read that article and, and I just felt like, like there was a lot of complaining going on. And, and if, if, if they weren't getting any press, then we would be complaining about that. And it's just like, it, it, it really started feeling like as, as I'm going through, because there were, you know, a lot of women like, yeah, I don't want you to just talk about the money I raised and I don't want you to just talk. First of all, this is the Valley. That's all they talk about. That's all they do. Is who, is who raised money and how much. That's literally all and they talk who? about. It's, it's a mm. big game to them white boys out there is how much money you can raise, how fast, how quick you can exit, how much you sold for. It's a, that, that's it. That's the whole point. So what are you even doing if you're not talking about how much money you raised? You know what I mean? And, and so like it, it, it really started to get, um, like I was like, you know, like all of the, the women in the article were just like, I, I don't want to keep talking about how much money I raised because now we're just, now we're getting into exceptionalism and now we're getting into, you know, and now you're not talking about my product. And, and I, I've not read an article ever talking about how much money a black person has raised number one without talking about the fact that black people don't raise enough money especially mm -hmm. black women that's that's never not been mentioned in addition to the fact that this person is the exception and and we don't give black founders enough money so that's always been in as a part of the article as a caveat to the article um and then 
it, it's regardless if it's just an article, you know, if, if the purpose of the article was to talk about, wow, look how much money this person's rate, you're still getting the press. It's still the PR. You're still getting the spotlight for your company. People are still going to learn about mm. what your company, no, no article ever just says, she raised $18 million, the end. They still talk about what your company does and the technology and the, the, the great thing, this, the problem your company saw. It, you're, you're always going to learn about the company. You know what I mean? So, so what is the problem that you also know that you raised the money? Like, I just, I, I, I I, 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 on one hand, I can kind of, kind of see what you, what you, what, what the beef is, because that's probably all anybody ever wants to talk about. And, and that's probably what they lead with. And wow, you raise $18 million and maybe you feel like you're not getting enough shine for what you built. And, and this is your baby and you put all this blood, sweat and tears into it. And everybody only wants to talk about the $18 million. However, this is the game. Like this is what it is. You know what I mean? And just, what do you want to do? Do you not right. want to get, do you want to get $18 million back? Cause you can do that too. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like you can't have it both ways. You can't have it both ways. You either want the $18 million and you want to be able to get out here and raise this money and, and, and build a successful company or you don't, or you want to be one of those many black founders that never get any money. Like, like you, I, I just, I, 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 I just, it, I, the, the further I read into that article, the more irked I got because it was just like, what is, what is really the, the problem here? Like, like it, it, it seems like a problem looking for a solution. And, and it felt like, a, you know, I, as, as somebody who's never raised any money, I, I maybe I, I don't know, you know, and maybe I, maybe somebody needs to educate me on this. And I'm, I'm happy to listen to whoever, you know, can tell me if, if I'm, if I'm way off base with this. But I was just like, what is, what is your problem? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what really is your problem? And, and, you know, maybe one of y'all know and can explain it to me but i i just i just didn't understand what what the problem was honestly well i i i get it but like you mentioned earlier you have to play the game and that's the game the game is fundraising like literally the entire point of being Mm -hmm. a startup is raising that's literally all you do is raise money that is the point of a startup is to raise money yeah literally yeah yeah you you gotta play the game i don't think i think what she's trying to uh relay is that when all you talk about is money nobody ever talks about the quality but that's not and that could be true for companies in general right i don't think it's specific to black people or black women and what i mean by that is that's all they talk about is money for everybody so yeah they're using the minority or person of color or black founder or whatever as the vehicle for which you got money versus somebody else it could be nepotism or somebody else it could be the old boy network now nobody ever outwardly says well they just got money because they parents were you know bought a library or whatever the case may be nobody but we know that's the case so you know everybody's out here making money or everybody's out here trying to raise money however they can get it 
you know, so out to her, like you mentioned, I would say don't necessarily one and one are not the same. Just because they say you're making money, you are raising money because you're this special person, special meaning black, minority of color, however you however she identifies, doesn't mean doesn't doesn't automatically mean that you really are not good at what you do. Your company is not good. Your company is not doing dope things because I think that's how she's saying it. Basically, what she's saying is, you know, and she mentions here, just because I raise money doesn't mean shit. It doesn't mean anything. It's about what I do with it. True. But that's for everybody, too. But you got to get it. Not, you gotta that's get not it just for you. You know, you, yeah, you raise the money, but you got to do something with it. Or unless you going to be was, in the yeah, news. Yeah, that was one of the other women they they quoted that was also tired of always talking about her funding, and it, yeah. it's just like, like I said. I mean, I you know, I, I don't I don't know. Where, what what what's your take, Rob? Because I'm, so I'm I, still trying to find the the, the problem. I, I, the I see the point. I, I see the point that's being made. And there are spectrums. There were there are some folks that were quoted in because there, there's I pulled this together from multiple articles. There are some folks who are. I won't even talk to you if all you want to talk to about I'm a black woman and I got this amount of money. If that if that's the conversation, I'll pass. And then you have others who are like, oh, well, I want to have the conversation with you, but we have to talk about my company as well. I can see both sides of it because, Stephanie, to just give you a counterpoint, there are articles to where this black woman got one point six million dollars in funding for a company and they never even talk about what the company does. All they talked about was it was a black woman that got it and that's why it was right. it was spotlighted or showcased. Right. Which what, what Smith is saying problem. is that if I've you're going to talk to if you're going to talk to me about this, you know, because I, 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 you know, I may be, you know, the, the black woman who has gotten the most money in venture capital, according to this list. If you're going to talk to me because of that, you also are going to talk to me about what my company does. Because then also, but then I've also seen just the blurbs where where they, that's that's all they talk about you in know so and so company you know like a crunch base rundown so and so right. company's got a series a led by so and so where they rate and and they and that's all is that's right. that's the valley that's Th- what that, they do that's that is definitely part of it but like i said where, where i see the other part you know where i see the other side of it is that yeah that's what a crunch base does that's not what Rolling Stone does. That's not what you know, you know, these other type of mag these other the reason you are talking to me is because I am a black woman has got a lot of money. At least ask me about the company that I got the money for. Right. I can understand it because because I would say, you know, if if I were ever going to try to get funding because it is it is it is abysmal (laughs) squared for black women, but it is it's bad for black black you know people in general. Um so I can see, you know, you know, black men saying the same thing. It's like Okay, I, I I will do this expose, but can you at least ask me some questions about what my company does, other than right. other than the fact that I am a black man that got you know money, money when money. black men and black women generally don't get it. So I, I see I, I see both sides of it. I, I see the point that they're making, and you know I know that I, I you know personally I would start to feel some kind of way. It's like all you want to do is talk to me about because I I'm on this list and I got this money. You ain't even asked me about what my company is. Right. Talking about my company is what ultimately allows me to get more money. 
Let's right. talk about the things that we're doing because being black and having gotten the bag, and we're not. T- I really don't even want to say gotten the bag because we're we're talking about eighteen point seven million dollars in two bag, rounds. For real, for that ain't real. even nothing. It's, it's, a, it's a drop like, in the bucket. You know, that that is. It's just a, I mean, it, it, just just a little drop, but it is significant. We you know we need to talk about it because like oh wow here is a black woman whose company was stellar enough. Her and her co founder. It was stellar enough that they were able to get a significant amount of money compared to what other black women or even Latino women are able to get. So I get both sides of it, but I can definitely understand why you would have these founders feeling some kind of way about it. Like, can you at least ask me what my company does? Because I went and read a couple of these other exposés at no point did they ever even talk about what the it's like. It's a DEI company. That's that's the only thing you talked about from a company standpoint. Crunchbase is not even talking about that. It's like this company got this amount of money. Here's the founder and here's the here's the roadshow that they're on trying to get more. That's what you're going to get from there. These are, like I said, this is when you're showing up in Ebony, when you're showing up in Enterprise, when you're showing up in these other magazines to where they are going a little deeper than that. But it's only about you getting the money, not about the company that you got the money for. And I'll just leave it at that. All right. I mean, fair enough. Fair enough. We are at the the end of the show and we did not do any CTAs at the beginning. So I want to give everyone the opportunity to hear about our patrons. So we didn't have any new patrons this week, but we did get a raise. So Drew moved from a monthly subscriber of the Tech John. If you can head over to patreon.com forward slash the Tech John, he moved from a monthly subscriber to a yearly subscriber. That was something that we turned on probably three or four months ago. So if anyone is thinking that you'd rather do one payment a year as compared to paying every month, that's something that is available to you. But in doing so, Drew gave us a significant bump in, in what he is uh, donating to the show. So I want to make sure that we gave Drew a shout out for giving us that raise in, in the form of that one time a year payment. So once again, y'all, in order to become a patron of the Tech John, you want to head over to patreon.com forward slash the Tech John. Over there, we've got multiple tiers, any one of which gets you access to our live stream and our after party. And a couple of those tiers actually get you access to an ad free stream. So you can listen to the podcast without having those injected ads in the middle at the beginning and the end. So once again, head over to patreon.com forward slash the Tech John, the Tech J-A-W-N. So with that, Tech Life Steph, why don't you tell the folks how they can get at you? You can follow me all around the web at Tech Life Steph. Oh, and I have to, I would be remiss. I just got them fresh off the press today. The second edition of my book is out today. Um, it has a new forward and a bonus section included as well. So there's new content in the book. Don't let your digital footprint kick you in the butt. You can find it at Amazon. Uh, so check it out. Follow me all around the web at Tech Life Steph and uh, check out stephaniehumphrey.com. All right. And you can find me all over the internet at Brother Tech. That's B-R-O-T-H-A-T-E-C-H. Uh, in addition to that, like I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, the latest Apple September event will be September the 12th. So if you're listening to this, you're probably not because you're too busy watching the actual Apple event. But me and my uh, co-host, Nika Monford from the Snob OS podcast, where we talk all things Apple, will actually be on DTNS tomorrow, Data Tech News Show, to talk about the recap of the Apple event. For those who don't know, the Apple event is around one o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time, lasts about an hour, a little bit over. 
And then shortly thereafter, Daily Tech News Show goes on and kind of recaps everything that Apple announced, you know, gives our opinions, things of that nature. So myself and Nika Monford, we will actually be on that show tomorrow. So all that to say, if you are around tomorrow, definitely check us out on Daily Tech News Show. And then, of course, on Wednesday, um, we will record our show to where it airs on Friday to get all the news about the late latest that Apple announced. Word. Yeah, Daily Tech News Show. That that's a that's a good show. I I I, I know a co-host that <laughs> is on that show multiple times a week. So uh, we'll look forward to your uh, coverage, you and Nika's coverage there. And folks, I am at Rob Dunwood on all the things, and we are also at the Tech John on all the things. So until we meet in a week's time, peace. Peace. peace.